Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Have you been in their shoes? Were you once the person who was struggling, who was frustrated? If so, explain that to them. Go into detail. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable and share your story. People just want to be understood. They want to know their feelings are valid. And if you can prove that to them in your copy, they're going to trust you. They're going to want to take the next actions with you. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Perpetual Traffic. Today we've got uh, Ralph, Molly, myself, Keith Krantz on today with a very special guest that I'm going to let Ralph introduce. We're going to be talking about some Facebook ad copy. And ad copy, not only that I think you'll take some really, really big takeaways from that could make a huge impact with your performance and and your Facebook ads, but also in any other digital marketing communication that you're doing, other ad platforms, email, anything. This is going to be some really good stuff. I think what's important about this episode really goes back to the evolution of digital marketing. You know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, even five to 10 years ago, you could put something online, whether it was a banner ad or a Facebook ad, and simply because it existed, people wanted to click, right? Now, our whole world almost is online. So I think really the theme of this episode that's important to grasp is how copywriting, especially online copywriting, has evolved to really fit into and work on these social platforms. And I think that's what our guest has done a great job with. So even if you're a great copywriter, this is a really important episode to listen to because it's not just about copywriting. It's about the evolution of copywriting and how copywriting has changed to really fit this new era of social media and the way we do commerce online. 
hundred percent agree. I mean, I've done so many different like webinars and stuff where the hook will be that. Cause I've seen so many cases where like, you know, Facebook superpower is really your kryptonite where people are so focused on the targeting or why most direct response, quote unquote, good direct response copywriters fail at Facebook or maybe aren't doing as well as they actually think they are. I think in a lot of cases, because they're using so many traditional proven methods that have worked for a long time in other platforms. And this is different. This is so much different. And uh, I'm excited to have Franny on because this is totally my style. So I'm going to let Ralph do the intro here. So uh, Ralph, uh, tell us about our special guest. Yeah, well, you know, we're totally psyched to have Franny on today. And uh, Franny... Welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Thanks, guys, for having me. <laughs> we tend to talk a lot, so uh, just talk right through us when you're talking today. Cause we, really, <laughs> we really, we really want to hear what you have to say here. And I agree with uh, what Molly and Keith are saying here is that ad copy has evolved, especially within the last, I would say, year and a half to two years, especially on Facebook. And I think traditional copywriting and the type of copywriting that we talked about way back on episode 34. Can you imagine that? That was a long time ago. It was 14 elements of persuasive ad copy. And back then, I think that was actually a pretty good framework way back in 2016, March of 2016. Way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should make vintage t-shirts. It's a vintage t-shirt. Exactly. It's, it's like a throwback. It's a throwback podcast episode. <laughs> But no, I think what Franny's been able to do here, especially in the agency, is take that framework, which she did learn through like a lot of the methods that we teach inside the agency and inside Dominate Web Media, as well as through Digital Marketer, you know, a lot of great copywriters. But she's taken it sort of in a different way now with this five-step formula, which we'll be talking about here today. And the, and the most important part of it is that it comes across as native and I think that's a really important thing, because remember when you're scrolling your newsfeed, I think the bullshitometer is off the charts now in Facebook because people are so used to seeing ads. And if it looks like an ad, then they're probably not going to click. And we talk about this in the agency all the time, like our creative is like a headline image. It looks like an ad. We've almost gone the exact opposite. And I think Keith has been doing this for years now, a lot of the copywriting that he's done for Dominate Web Media. And I think it's something that we've now sort of templatized inside the agency for all types of customers. And I think the ones we'll talk about today are primarily information-based webinars, selling books, that kind of thing. But it also, it relates to any, any type of business. And e-commerce is a big, big play for us right now you know, inside the agency. And we use this same formula to sell e-commerce products or physical products in the same way that we sell a lot of information products as well. And by the way, we still are accepting brand new agency customers. So Adam at Dominate Web Media is your contact there. Just email him specifically if you're an e-commerce brand looking to get some exposure on Facebook. So Ralph, I know that Franny's story is pretty cool and and you guys have an awesome relationship. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We're actually related. She's my niece and uh, I'm her uncle, if you can believe that. And uh, I know, God, it makes me feel very, very old. Um, but uh, no, but Franny was working for another company straight out of college, similar related to like the digital marketing space. And um, I gradually sort of uh, persuaded her to leave the corporate world and come work for us at the agency. So maybe I'll have her tell that story probably a lot better than I could ever tell it. Like Ralph said, I was at a 
nine to five job sitting in an office doing some digital marketing, but it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to learn a lot more about the space and I really wanted to have in-demand skills. So I started looking online. I started taking online courses like the products I'm helping people sell today. I started trying to learn as much as I could. And I'm sure it was probably my dad. My dad will take any chance to talk about me. Got that right. (laughs) And he must have mentioned, I don't know if it was to you, Ralph, or to my aunt, about how I was diving a little bit into Facebook ads at my old company. And then it just kind of started from there. I know you gave me access to all of the courses that DWM offers. And I spent mornings, maybe at 6 a.m., which is pretty surprising for me since I am not a morning person, or at least I wasn't (laughs) back then. I was getting up at 6 a.m. doing the courses. We were doing calls at 7 a.m., and I was just doing everything I could to learn about Facebook ads. It was a really cool time for me where I was learning all kinds of super valuable marketing skills. Oh, yeah. I think it actually did start with your dad start, you know, approaching me. I'm concerned about Franny. I think that's actually how the conversation <laughs> went. <laughs> She's not really happy at her job or something. It was something along those lines. And I said, well, you know, we're actually hiring. So, and I think we did talk at uh, one of our dozens of family, you know, get togethers. There's so many people in our family, on my wife's side of the, the family, there's basically a, a birthday party every weekend. But, you know, the credit to you is that the fact that we did do those 7 a.m. calls and you did all this stuff on your own. You know, I think you got through the Dominate Web Media Facebook Ads University courses in like a week, which is like wow. unprecedented, and then devoured all the Digital Marketer HQ stuff. So, you know, the desire to learn and, and really sort of break out and learn new skills was there, which which is awesome. And it's the reason why you've been able to innovate and take sort of what you've learned from, you know, maybe from me, which is more of like a traditional kind of copywriter, you know, in the John Carlton, Frank Kern, Claude Hopkins, David Ogilvie type of mindset, which is a little bit old school and turn it into something that's really, really relevant, really native and create this five-step framework, which we'll talk about here on the podcast, which has become super valuable for us. And, um, you know, all the account managers that work with Franny inside the agency just rave about her and her skills and how she's been able to bring so much to the table here. And it it's a credit to her reinventing herself, you know, the drives to succeed and, and also to learn new skills. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all about innovation. And this five-step formula is a big, big innovation yeah. for us. Hey, Franny, before you get to that, what exactly do you do in the agency? I am the creative director. Awesome. As we evolve, as we grow as an agency, we basically tripled in size every year for the last three years. But we needed this position because it's such a huge and important position for us with regard to hook, ad, copy, creative. And we created this position really specifically for her because not only the skills there, but the demand and, and obviously the way in which we operate, it was a necessary step in order to, to continue to grow and to continue to produce high-level results. Something that has really helped me in this position is the fact that I used to run ads before because writing copy and coming up with all of this stuff with an entire campaign in mind and actually thinking about things in the newsfeed or maybe the type of ad that would stand out in the newsfeed is super helpful, like having that experience, having run ad campaigns. And you live in Portugal, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely fun being able to adventure around the world and 
stay in touch with the rest of the people at the agency via all of the tools we have for that, Zoom, Skype, Slack. <laughs> On our agency call each week, it's where in the world is Franny? Where's Franny? Well, it's cool you get to live that lifestyle. Yeah, I feel very lucky. Franny, I've got a question for you to kind of get started on how you really came up with this frame. And and I know it's been an evolution from your previous experience to now running ads as an account manager to becoming the creative director. But when you see ads on Facebook, what do you see maybe are some of the biggest mistakes or what does it take to make an ad stand out? It's actually one thing I really learned from an Aaron Sorkin class was to always be analyzing when you see an ad, whether it be good or bad, look at it and see, okay, why is this good? Why is it bad? And just to give you guys a frame, so just in case you don't know, Aaron Sorkin is Hollywood screenwriter, one of the best in the world. You know, he wrote the script for A Few Good Men, The Social Network, Moneyball, The West Wing, The Best Steve Jobs, you know, the one that won actually some legitimate awards. And he's got a class at masterclass.com. So that's just one of the many different ways that we learn this stuff. So why don't we get into this five-step formula that you created on your own, sort of using all these different resources as well as your own personality and, you know, that conversion mindset that you've always had coming from the account management side of the equation. So take us through uh, the first step, which is knowing the avatar, correct? The first step, I call it knowing the avatar better than you know your mom. (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day, and I realized that I'm pretty sure, I know my mom and dad obviously really well, and I'm pretty sure I've been ad copying them into doing things I want them to do my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how I learned too. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest sales job ever. (laughs) Right? Kids are really good at that stuff. So yeah, I mean... Don't just think on a basic level, okay, she's a woman, 28 to 50, who wants to have a successful business, or he's a man, 30 to 60, who wants to get healthier. You know, most people know their avatar's normal day and their basic demographics, psychographics, but it's helpful to go beyond that and think of maybe their worst day and write that out too. And not just their worst day, but the emotions that they go through, the internal thoughts that they have, maybe the negative things they say, the things that they hope for. So think about those really deep emotions that people have and and really get to know them in that way. Yeah, I love that. I, I think some good ways, especially if you're new in your business and you're wondering how do I figure out the answers to these questions, right? How do I figure out what they're feeling every day. Franny, do you have any recommendations for like research or like figuring that out? Some great ways are reading reviews of other products. You know, if you're just getting started out, something you can do is talk to people who would be your ideal customer. If you don't know them specifically in your friend circle, maybe try and join Facebook groups. That's something that's always helped me ask questions look at Amazon reviews, really try and think of ways that you can reach that person and ask them questions or figure out what their thoughts are. Yeah, that's great. Forums are good too, if you can get into a forum for the market. But yeah, I I love that really getting in the head of these people. I think it's a deeper level than just because we always talk about talk to their desires or their pain points. But this is like a level deeper than that. 
It's like, you know, you want that desire. Maybe it isn't just the desire to have a successful business. Maybe it's like them realizing or seeing themselves as the type of person who, you know, can be an entrepreneur and can break away and have freedom and all these other sorts of things. So there's like this deeper level. It's like the why behind the why a little bit. And as you stay on the first level, you're only going to connect with a certain amount of people. But it's like if you can connect with that deeper emotion, which you know, your ad copy definitely does, and it comes back to a real knowledge of the avatar better than, you know, your mom. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe Mary Jo is actually listening to this and she says, well, you should know <laughs> me better, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is this is the key to it all is, is really getting that. And this does take a while to do, correct? Absolutely. It takes a lot of time. A few days, I would say, I need to look through all the assets they have. I check their website. I check all their avatar information. I check, you know, search on Google, search their Facebook, try and like really understand who their person is. You don't just think about what people know that they want, but what they don't know that they want, right? Mm. Like, who do they want to be perceived as? For any, I think a lot of that comes down to status too, right? Like, it's emotional, but also appealing to people's egos and like writing ad copy that makes someone feel or writing ad copy that gives the perception that if they do, you know, what you're asking them to do in the ad, you know, that they in some way are going to be elevated in status. I saw an ad a few weeks ago for Third Love. Um, I shared this ad at CNC, but they sell bras. And the ad said, you know, are you ready to upgrade from Victoria's Secret, you know, buy one of our bras? And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Because even if I had never had the thought that I was ready to upgrade from that brand, now they have positioned themselves as better than. And anyone who, you know, is ego driven, which is all humans, you know, will probably respond to that sort of messaging. So yeah, I, lo I love the idea of research and really figuring out what deep down drives, you know, human beings. It's an iterative process and this takes a while. And that's why, you know, for, for any of this comes up against us quite a bit because we have customers that say, hey, I want our ads on tomorrow. And we're like, no, it takes at least two weeks because of this. This is actually the most important thing. And going back to Keith and like our certification program, this is why it took us like three days to go through this, you know, or two and a half plus. And then Ryan Reed talked about it on day four, because this is so important. And it takes a while to figure this out, the research and everything. And in most cases, we don't have a whole lot of stuff to go on from the customer. So Franny has to go out and research it, talk to the account managers. We all collaborate together. We do what's called a hook call now, where we actually sort of flesh this out. So I guess the, the takeaway on this one is like, if you can talk up to your avatar and then you figure out what that pain or that desire is, take it one step deeper and really think about what's behind that. And the more that you can tap into that, I think the more effective your ad copy is really going to be. This is really good stuff, Randy. So first of all, thank you very much for bringing this this good stuff. And you're so spot on here. People, a lot of times you'll hear even, you know, great copywriting gurus make comments about, you know, try to get inside the mind of your potential customer. And, and really that's what she's talking about. But a lot of times we dismiss that, you know, we don't really truly think like about what is going on inside that mind. And if you can somehow, 
you know, give them hope, right? Give them hope. There's things that they are aspiring to be. And then they also have self-doubt. So think about people are always self-doubting either themselves or just doubting in general, being skeptical of advertisements, brands, whatever that is. And so how can you really, you know, by doing the research, going to Amazon, looking at other ads, looking at comments, looking through your support tickets of your customers, surveying your list with very specific questions to get them to give you long, open-ended answers, right? What's your number one single biggest frustration or challenge? So you're looking for desires as well. If you can pull that out of your potential audience, it can make a huge difference in the weapons that you have in your arsenal when you're getting ready to write ads. There's an article from the creative director at the advertising agency who created that Think Different campaign for Apple. That amazing commercial with people from history that have changed the world, which completely revitalized that brand. We'll have a link in the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 120, 120. But it was a creative director at an advertising agency that really gave them that massive, massive momentum. So, you know, how can you get very deep in your messaging? And if you're a consultant or you're an agency, it can make a big difference. It really can. So step number two is... Step two is cut the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Never make false promises. Don't tell people you can help them lose 50 pounds or make a million dollars unless you're really willing to stick with them until they hit those numbers. Don't use language to reel people in because they won't turn into long lasting customers. Right. And, you know, Molly, you talked about this before, how it sort of relates to the evolution of marketing and how back in the day, getting a click or a one-time purchase online might've been the end goal, but today that's not the goal. We want people who are going to like, know, and trust us. We want people who are going to click on our ad. They're going to opt in. They're going to buy and they're going to continue to buy. So by cutting the bullshit, you might not get as many people to take that really tiny first action, but the people who do take the action are going to be real customers, your raving fans, the people who you really want to talk to. Absolutely. I love that. It's not only more ethical, but I think as business owners and marketers, you know, we have a responsibility to serve, you know, whatever market that we've committed to. And by over-promising, you are not doing those people the justice that they deserve. So there's nothing that makes me more angry than seeing an ad that's way overselling something, right? Like you said, lose all this weight or make all of this money. I mark them as spam. (laughs) And it's great to be specific and to talk about the benefits of whatever you're asking people to do. But overselling, um, not only does it hurt your business and your brand, But people's bullshit meters, people's bullshit meters are getting more sensitive every day online, right? Even I was home in Kentucky last week, and my mom, who is in no way technical and doesn't quite understand how Facebook works, she gets upset by those ads, right? People know that they are ads, and the goal on Facebook is 
to be native, right? You want to blend in in a way that you are a part of the Facebook experience for the end user. And by using really aggressive ad copy, um, you're basically saying, hey, I'm an ad, don't click on me, right? So I couldn't love this step more. And it's a huge mistake that a lot of people make because they think they have to oversell or they're not going to make any money. And that's just not the case. People are looking for authentic brands that they believe can actually help them achieve whatever desired end result they're looking for. To give you guys an example, we have one client who we got super real in their ad copy. We listed out specific things we were looking for in people who we wanted to click on the ad and take actions. You know, we said, you have five hours a week to spend on this. We said, you're an action taker. We said, you know, you're someone who's not going to quit. We even mentioned, you know, this isn't going to work for everybody. Most people Mm -hmm. might not even be successful, but it can change your business if you're willing to put in the work. And people really resonated with that. Yeah, we used to call this back when I was in the pharmaceutical world, fair balance, where you had actually, they figured this out. And some of our sales training way back when, 20 years ago, is that if you do talk about benefits, you then have to say, all right, and this is also the downside risk. So, but Mm -hmm. it makes your pitch much more believable, much more relatable, and much more native in the newsfeed. And what that translates into is better relevance scores, people clicking, people sharing, you've got the social aspect, you know, social proof. And then ultimately, all of that is going to compound up to get conversions for you because you're self-identifying people, you're giving something aspirational as well. You know, a lot of your ad copy, people are aspiring to this certain level, like, you know, in the the ad that you just talked about, Molly, about, you know, stepping up from Victoria's Secret, it's an aspirational kind of pitch to it, but still it's, it's relevant, it's native and it's real. And I think you can't do that with a tremendous amount of bullshit. The old way of selling doesn't work on Facebook. It just, it just doesn't. So moving along to step three. So step three is prove to them you really care. Have you been in their shoes were you once the person who was struggling, who was frustrated? If so, explain that to them. Go into detail. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable and tell them really where you were when you started. And you know, on the flip side of that, maybe share your best day, how it felt when you finally made it and how you got there. Use specifics so that they know that you know not only have you been in their shoes, but that you care about helping them and that you're willing to be vulnerable and share your story to prove that. And even if you haven't been in their shoes, that's okay too. Why do you actually care about their problems? Maybe you just like to help people. Maybe you know someone who's been in this situation or maybe you've got a sweet spot for them. Whatever it is, just show empathy in your copy. People just want to be understood they want to know their feelings are valid. And if you can prove that to them in your copy, they're going to trust you. They're going to want to take the next actions with you. Yeah, that's so good. And I think a lot of this goes back to why are you doing this, right? Why are you a marketer? Why are you a business owner? And if it's truly because you want to help people and serve a market, then like you said, empathy should really come through your ad copy. 
Um, and Franny, I think that's why, I mean, you are just a very sweet and empathetic human. And I think that's what makes you so good at ad copy is because you write the ad copy about them, right? It's not about you. It's not about even necessarily what you're selling or the business. And if you always keep that in mind and your marketing, you know, even more than ad copy, all of your marketing campaigns, making everything that you do about the end user your business will will definitely succeed. Yeah, I think what you said is super important too, making it about them. What a lot of people sometimes do is talk about, you know, what they can do for you, what their business is, what the benefits are. And really what we do a lot with our copy at DWM now is we talk so much about the person, about the audience, we give stories. And even if we're telling sort of a hero journey story about, our client, we still relate it back to the audience in that story. And then at the very end is a little blurb typically about what the benefits are and what it can do for people. But yeah, the main point is to really focus on them. Yeah. And sometimes this takes a fair amount of words to articulate. Now you can do this in a video too, like we've talked about many times on you know how to do video ads, but you know sometimes this is 500 words. I mean, some of your best ad copy is 500 plus words. I mean, it's a lot of ad copy, which is kind of, mm. it's counterintuitive to what Facebook tells you to do. And we were just on a call mm. yesterday and they said, hey, keep your ad copy short and sweet. And we're like, well, it doesn't really work that way all the time. And I think the, the reason is, is because in order to relate to somebody and to really talk to them about you know, their frustrations of starting their first online course and how they were so aspirational and so excited to get it started. And then like nobody bought it and then talk to that like emotion, like that feeling of desperation, like getting deep because you've been there maybe, you know, or maybe you're writing it as the customer having been there as well. And it shows them that you actually do care. And I think this is a really hard thing to pull off because if you do it too much, it comes across as being sort of preachy and contrived. But if you do it right, you really do hit the mark, like right between the eyes of your avatar. And then they end up taking that next logical action, which is always in your ad cup. You've got like a call to action at the end. Hey, you know, this is you. Take the next step. It's a logical conclusion. Well, let's go on to step number four. So four is use variety. There are so many ways to talk to an audience and people relate to different things. So you've just got to switch it up, right? When we come up with hooks, we sometimes create 10 or 15 for one single offer. And then from there, we create six to 10 different ad copy versions, sometimes more. You know, people relate to long stories with lots of emotion. And then some people relate to you know, shorter copy. Some people relate to things that are story-based. Some people relate to things that touch on their desires or that touch on their pains. So just make sure that you're, you're using variety. You're not saying the same thing over and over again, and you're not writing in a, the same style over and over again. And there's some tools that are going to be coming from Facebook. They're already starting to appear in the ads manager where you can do a dynamic creative testing. We do it through the Michigan method, which is episode 71 here on the podcast. But some of these new tools are going to enable you to be able to split test all different versions and use this kind of variety even easier. We do it manually right now with the Michigan method and it works really well. 
especially to figure out what is the most effective message. And sometimes it's, you know, it's three or four or five different messages. And in many cases, we're using, you know, nine, 10 variations of ads with ad copy, image, everything else that goes along with it, all stemming from that meeting that we have to figure out what is the hook. And the hook might be different things because it might be different pains, different desires. So you definitely want to test this. And I think some of the newer tools are going to make this far easier for you to do. And you don't necessarily have to you know, write 500 words of ad copy every single time. You know, it might be 100 words or 50 words, but test it out. See what your market really responds to. So step number five. So the final step is just read through, right? So here I take a step away from the copy and I take a break. I actually usually do this a few times. My brain gets pretty fried when I'm thinking about a client avatar for three days in a row. So I need a big break. And I think it's really good for the creative process to step away. And then when I come back to it, right, I read through, I ask people for feedback. Uh, When I do the read through, I try and take out as many words as I can, not because I always want short copy, but because I always want to make my point in as few words as possible. And then I read it again to see if it sounds like an ad or if it sounds chill. (laughs) Did someone actually say this or is it some weird ad copy, marketing, awful sounding language? You know, is this something I would say or is this something the client would say? And then I kind of go through the steps again, right? Did we show that we know this person? Are we being real or are we bullshitting? Are we empathizing with these people? And are we using variety? Yeah, one of the things that I always tend to do, because I mean, ad copywriting is one of my favorite things to do in the agency, is is read it aloud too. Or because am I tr- am I trying to make this sound too complicated? Am I using big you know, 50 cent words? Am I relating back to the fact that you really do need to simplify your ad copy as much as you possibly can, but reading it aloud really does help and making it super conversational. I think that's a key part to it. Probably that you run through that in step five here, like taking out little words that maybe don't quite fit so that it flows as somebody sort of reads. Because remember when we read, we sort of visually see it and then it goes auditorially in our heads as we're reading. So in that step, is that a big part to this step where you're pulling stuff out and putting stuff back in? Like how many variations do you kind of make when you step away and then come back to it? That's funny because there are so many variations. Like I said, we have maybe six to 10 versions of ad copy. And then you'll look at number seven, there's seven A, seven B, seven C. We sort of mix and match things that we like. Maybe the intro for one works better on top of a different ad, we go through so many different variations. And I really love what you said too, about having it be conversational. Sometimes a lot of the ad copy that I write can stem from a conversation, right? You think about a conversation that you would have in a coffee shop with someone or a conversation, maybe a text conversation or an email conversation, and you even turn that into copy too. Yep. I love the point about reading it aloud too. It's crazy how much different it sounds (laughs) than it looks. 
when you read your own copy aloud and then it's, oh, wait a second there. And then it just all comes together. I love that too, because a lot of people write ad copies so last minute and it's really something you need to simmer on almost. So like I'll write something and give it a few days and then you're in the shower or whatever your moment of, you know, mental peace is. And you're like, oh, I have a new idea for that. Or, you know, there are some tweaks that you can make. So always give yourself time to reminisce on what you've written and make it better. Well, and overnight is the most important time. You need that subconscious to kick in. So the next morning, like when you go to sleep at night, that's when like, think about when you're doing all your research and you're writing your copy, it's like your brain is putting dots everywhere, right? The dots are going everywhere in your brain. And then at night, the subconscious will start to connect the dots from all these different things that are that you have seen and researched and written and read or watched two, three years ago, even. Uh, And then the next day, maybe you're in the shower or you're working out. And that's when that idea or change comes in or when you're reading through it one more time. Very important. All right, Franny, this is amazing stuff. Like this is really, really good. Man, I hope if you're listening right now, if you're driving or something like that, this is one you're going to want to listen to again, you know, when you get back to the house or back to the office so you can take some great notes and you know, review this once every couple months. Uh, once again, it's digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 120. But before we wrap up here, Franny, would you mind just doing a quick little recap of the five steps and then we'll uh, close it out. Okay, so recap. First step, know the avatar better than you know your mom. Go into depth about who this person is and their desires, their pains, and do it on a deeper level. Ask why a few times. Why do they really want these things? Second step, cut the bullshit. Just be real. Don't make false promises. Whatever it is you're you're saying in your ad copy, make sure you can back it up. Third step, prove to them you really care. If you've been in their shoes, tell people about that situation. If you've achieved what they want to achieve, tell them how you did it. Just use empathy in your copy. Fourth step, use variety. Switch it up. Use different types of ads. Use different stories. Touch on different pains. Make sure that you're saying different things. You're not reusing the same things in different words. And fifth and final step is read through. Just take a break. Go take a shower, go work out, sleep on it, and then go back to your copy and run through the steps again. Make sure it sounds okay. Read it out loud. And there you have it. That's the five-step process. Epic, epic. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Franny. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I think this might be a topic of conversation at Thanksgiving, you know, at... uh How well do you know your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving, you know, because there's like 70 people that show up for Thanksgiving. uh, We might actually get 70 new podcast listeners, you know, through the Sorrenti family. So, oh my God. You you should do a keynote presentation during dinner. (laughs) Dim the lights. Really liven things up. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on, Franny. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Hope this is helpful for y'all, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Woo! Bye-bye. Woohoo! You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. 
John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply, that's tier11.com forward slash apply, and we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.